Hello and welcome to level 26 of 3 Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host Tom Knight, welcome back to the show. Now if you were listening to level 24, you will know that I had run a little giveaway for an indie game called Cat Quest. I was asking you to send me your cat pictures, your cat memes, your cat whatevers, and I had a few entries and I can now confirm that the winner is... Liam Knight, you are the winner of this giveaway, and you're also my brother, which people are going to say, that's a con right there. It really isn't. Legitimately the winner. Just so happens to be my brother. That's the way it works sometimes. So I'll get that Steam key over to you, and you can start playing some Cat Quest. And uh, stay tuned for further giveaways in the future. I don't really have a, a plan, a schedule for when I'm going to do that, but when I've got a key available to give away, I'm certainly going to do that to spread the indie game love. But anyway, without further ado, let's get started! <laughs> to start with this week on 3 Actual Lives, I want to say thank you to Titan's Creed over on the Dragon Powered Studio Discord. Three Extra Life has a channel over there, and you can join too if you want to over at dragonpoweredstudio.com forward slash discord. You can join in the discussion and the community that we've got going on there. But Titan's Creed, aka Pete, I know him quite well in the online spaces, and uh, I know he's a big Sonic the Hedgehog fan, and he brought a, an event to my attention. And this event is the Sonic Amateur Games Expo. Now this is an online event for Sonic the Hedgehog fan game developers where they chat online, they show off fan games that they've created in the Sonic the Hedgehog world, either completed projects or projects that are still being developed. Now this has been going on since the year 2000. It's really driven by the Sonic the Hedgehog community. It does have a bit of a, a stigma attached to it. Fan games are something that developers can look on not too favorably uh, due to the copyright problems and all the issues that can arise with that. And don't get me wrong, I totally understand that. I've chosen just to take the approach of looking at this from the perspective of these are fans of a game creating fan projects. Now, yes, there is potential copyright issues that can flag up there, especially if these games were pushed out to platforms. And I don't generally see that as the case in this instance. I have seen from what I've researched about the Sonic Amateur Games Expo is that games have been demonstrated and developed in this space. And some of them have become fully fledged games, but not using the assets of Sonic the Hedgehog. You're not gonna see him running around in a game that's not published by Sega, because that, that would be totes illegal. That's, that's not what's happening here. But I'm choosing to look at it like when you have fan art, for example. Creators can create art of characters in their favorite franchises. It's just their way of expressing their appreciation for that franchise. That's how I'm choosing to look at this, because this has been running since the year 2000. It really started because of a period between the Sega Genesis, Sega Mega Drive, if you're in Europe like me, and the Dreamcast, where there was a real lack of Sonic games. And this inspired developers to start creating their own 
Sonic the Hedgehog fan projects as there was online communities based around this. One member of the community known as Blaze Hedgehog put together this event and you know back then it started off relatively small not too many attending but as the years went by this event start started to grow more get more attention and now it's a pretty big deal it's getting a lot of people interested in it's getting a lot of submissions to various projects that have been created and it's just something that seems to be creating a lot of content and if you're a Sonic fan obviously you're going to be pretty interested to see what kind of fan games are going to emerge from this and as I, as I looked over the years of the creations in the first instance then they looked like really bad web games and you know they weren't really fleshed out but you know what as the years have gone on and most recently some of the projects that have come out here including mods for existing games are actually pretty impressive and something I've always acknowledged on 3 Extra Lives is when people create mods for games and how much work and how much effort goes into those usually as a thankless task and they've in turn have sometimes created standalone games later down the line and but there's just something really cool about fans of the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise putting out these projects and being able to showcase them in a event, a yearly annual event that, like I say, it just seems to keep growing. And I'd never heard of this. I mean, I I would class myself as a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, not a super fan, not like Titan's Creed who brought this to my attention, but this has been going on for many, many years now and just seems to go from strength to strength. And it's, it's really cool to see the quality that is coming out of this. I mean, you would you would look at some of these projects now, especially in recent years, and think, wow, this, this actually could have been made by Sega. This could have been published by them. This could have came out of their hands and please a lot of Sonic fans along the way. And I think when you when you do have these, you know, heavily invested people in your world in your game sometimes they can just see potential in your games that even the ones that are actually creating the game don't unearth and it's just incredible to always see what fans can come up with with regards to modifications to games and smaller standalone projects too so thanks again Pete for bringing this to my attention it was really interesting to learn about the history of this Sonic Amateur Games Expo I'll be dropping some links into my show notes so you can check it out in a bit more depth too than I've covered on this podcast. But I mean, if you're a Sonic fan, definitely check it out. It's really interesting just to know that this has been going on since the year 2000 and there's a lot of work that goes into these projects and definitely check that out. That's the Sonic Amateur Games Expo. It's trivia time. So we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. And why not? Let's go for a Sonic the Hedgehog question. The main big bad in Sonic the Hedgehog games usually comes in the form of one Dr. Eggman Robotnik. But what is his first name? The answer is Ivo, Dr. Ivo Robotnik. 
Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. Next up on Three Extra Lives, I'm gonna tell you what I've been playing this week and you are you might be shocked, you might be disgusted, you might be outraged, or you might say, I get it. I've been playing, I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart Tour on the mobile. Recently came out, September 2019. And I have to say, I've had my eye on this coming up and I was wondering how it was going to play out. Now there's, a lot of reviews out there, a lot of focus on the microtransactions, which I'm just gonna hold my hands up and say right here and right now, mobile microtransactions are extremely nefarious and I find it very hard to get behind a lot of the practices with regards to mobile microtransactions and the so-called loot boxes, which I think we're gonna see legislation change with regards to that. We're already seeing it in some countries, specifically Belgium, where this game hasn't come out. And I think that's gonna be something that's gonna be scrutinized a lot more as the years go on. I don't wanna to focus too much on that because I wanna tell you about my experiences with Mario Kart Tour so far. And I went in, I didn't have high expectations. And to be honest, I don't usually have high expectations when I go into mobile games simply because of the practices that are put into place with regards to them. So I usually go in expecting probably to play it very sparsely, maybe check it out once or twice, and then probably be done with it if it hasn't gripped my attention. I can say, hand on heart, Mario Kart Tour has gripped my attention, and it's very surprising in a way, because when I first jumped into this game, started doing some races, playing through the various Mario Cups and time of recording, there's about 16 cups that you can play through. And I was playing it with the Mario Kart mindset of how we've always played Mario Kart, which is jumping into races, coming first place in a race. That's the objective, that's the goal. There is no multiplayer uh, currently in Mario Kart Tour. That feature will be coming at a later date, but the game plays almost fooling you that you are playing multiplayer from the get-go. And it was only actually after quite a few hours playing this game, I realized I wasn't playing against other people. But you know what? That's okay. If I want the prime Mario Kart experience, I don't expect to get that on mobile. I expect to get that on my Nintendo device, my Nintendo Switch. That's where I expect my proper Mario Kart experience. Mobile games, I always expect them to operate a little bit differently and maybe replicate some aspects of that, but I don't expect a like for like play experience because that's just not the stage we're at with technology. But after learning that I wasn't playing against real people and learning that this game works a little bit different because when you play through a Mario Kart race, you start off by selecting your driver, which you unlock through various means in the game. There's also the carts, which you unlock various different ways you can do that with currency in the game and your gliders. If you've played the latest Mario Kart iteration on Switch or Wii U, you'll know what I'm talking about. Basically, when you go to race, you'll get a choice of the drivers you've unlocked, the gliders, and the carts, and these will have various impacts on your point multipliers. Now, it's already getting into a bit of shady ground with how you play this game, but I decided, you know what, I'm not gonna take it too seriously with min-maxing my play and how many points I can get. I'm just gonna enjoy the game. I'm gonna add a couple of close friends who probably 
I know aren't going to be spending actual money on this game and I'll just compete with them, you know? I'll just compete with my friends because that's what Mario Kart is about to me. It's been always been about an experience with close friends and breaking up those relationships to those closest to you. Going into a race, you'll have that expectation of, yes, I gotta come first. But you know what? Mario Kart Tour doesn't actually work like that because it's more about comboing and using your power-ups most effectively. So when you're going through a track, your cart will automatically move. You can hold the screen to change your direction. If you hold it you know, far to the left, far to the right, you'll start drifting. So what you're trying to really do in these races is you're trying to hit all the combo multipliers in the games, which is like gold coins, it's ramps, it's picking up power abilities and then getting a hit with those. It's drifting around every corner. It's trying to link all that together to get the highest possible score. And yes, like I mentioned, your character, your cart, your glider will have an impact on your multiplier at the end of all that. And also your position does matter somewhat because if you finish first, second, third, etc., your points are gonna scale down uh, the lower you finish in the race. So that does matter to a degree, but I found actually I've had races where I haven't come first, I've maybe finished fourth or fifth, but because I've hit every jump, I've picked up nearly every coin I possibly could, I've drifted around every corner, I've made some great shots with the power-ups, I've picked up the green shells, the red shells, the bananas, I've actually got a higher score from doing that. And then when you finish the race, you'll get a score, and then depending on your score, you'll get stars, which are put into buckets of, okay, you've you've got a thousand points, you'll get one star, you've got two thousand points, you'll get two stars, etc, etc. You'll get a score and then you'll get your stars. And then as you go through the cups, you'll need a certain amount of stars to unlock the next one. And you'll also have to complete the cup previously to do that. You'll get rewards along the way, you'll open up new features as you level up, including daily challenges, you'll get these other unlockables that almost act like achievements where you'll get badges that you can display on your profile and I think I've just approached it more as a mobile game one of those where you go into the level and you're trying to get the top score to get the highest rank in the level and then move on to the next one and the fact that I'm not playing against other people the fact that this is not a true representation of a Mario Kart experience that I'm used to on a console that isn't actually bothering me. I'm actually having a lot of fun just playing through this game. I'm not feeling pressured to pay any real money in this game. There are microtransactions and like I said at the top, there's a nefarious nature to those in video games. But to be honest, I haven't really had it thrust too much in my face. There is a gold pass, which is a monthly fee, which lets you play at the fastest level, which I would probably say that's a shame to have that behind a paywall, but you know what? Despite all these shady pricing methods in this mobile game, I'm actually having a lot of fun with the feel of the game, getting that Mario kick out of this. It looks great, it feels great, it plays really well for a mobile game too, considering the, the controls and how mobile games generally work. I'm just having a lot of fun mobile game wise, and with that, I have the expectation of this is on my phone, this it's just going to be something that's going to be a little time waster. I can pick it up and play a game in a couple of minutes and that's how it works. I think it has definitely hit my expectations, <laughs> even though like I mentioned, my expectations for mobile games generally don't sit too high, but this one, 
I can see it working out for them long-term Nintendo. I know they've had various titles out now, some have been well received, some not so much, and I know they've been doing different things with how they've monetized these games over the years. Have you played Mario Kart Tour? If you have, let me know. We can be friends, we can start a new rivalry. I would love that. It's trivia time. So we're talking about Mario Kart Tour. It's gonna be a Mario Kart question. Simple as that. In Super Mario Kart, for the Super Nintendo, how many drivers were you able to choose from? Was it six, eight, or 10? The answer is eight. Mario, Luigi, Princess, Yoshi, Bowser, Donkey Kong Jr., Cooper Trooper, and Toad. Now you didn't have to get the characters right, but if you got the number right, give yourself an extra life. Finally, on this level of three extra lives, it's been a few weeks since I mentioned World of Warcraft. I'm gonna do that right now because in a recent patch that went live in Europe, on September 25th, 2019, World of Warcraft patch 8.2.5, a new feature was implemented called Party Sync. Now in World of Warcraft, it's an MMORPG. It's all about going out into the world, overcoming the odds. And a big part of playing MMORPGs to me is playing together with my friends. Now, over the years in World of Warcraft, if, for example, you've managed to finally persuade that friend to play the MMORPG you're playing. You've got them on board, but you're the highest possible level in that game and they have to start at the beginning. They have to start fresh. We've seen things like character boosts that have been available for players. Sometimes you just wanna go through all the quests in the game. You wanna go through the story. You wanna experience all of that content. And there's quite a lot of it in World of Warcraft considering it's been out for over 15 years and this feature actually lets you group up with your friends and you can enable a synchronization which means your level will be scaled down to the level of the zone you're in and you'll be able to party up with your friends go do quests together get credit for that get experience get rewards for doing that and just be able to experience the game alongside whoever you're playing with and actually feel rewarded for doing that. Sure, you could team up with your friend and you could go through as a high level character, obliterating everything in your path without giving a second thought to that. But there's something nice about being able to experience the game, how it's meant to be played. And I think this is a really important feature for a game like World of Warcraft, I've seen this implemented in other MMOs to some degree. Guild Wars 2, Final Fantasy 14 has a sinking ability with regards to partying up with other players to do the likes of dungeons, etc. And I think if we are in this multi-massively online role-playing community, that being able to keep that door always open where Yes, even though this game is 15 years old, there's still new people coming through the doors. Maybe not as rapidly as it was all those years ago, because this game has been out for so long, but there's still gonna be people wanting to try this out. There's still people in my life that I know I'd be like, hey, do you wanna come and play Warcraft? 
Now I can say that to them with a bit more confidence. I can say, hey, do you want to play World of Warcraft? We can play together from the start if that's what you want, if you want my company. It just really encourages that community aspect. It really encourages that bonding aspect, which I know for me, I've met quite a lot of my real life friends through the likes of World of Warcraft and through the likes of randomly questing up with somebody and playing the game how it was meant to be played. And just this feature was something I was very excited about because I just like playing this game with friends and being able to do that and it actually matters that it actually feels like you're playing this game you're not cheesing the game because somebody's much higher than you and at the same time with regards to MMOs people have different time commitments of how much they can play how much time they can actually dedicate to this game and sometimes maybe you're playing for a character with a friend who doesn't log on as much as you but you still want to play you still want to enjoy the game as you do and with the likes of this feature you can now do that you can play the game and then when your friend does log on you party up you sync and you continue your adventures together so i just wanted to tip my hat at this feature that came out for world of warcraft because it's something i've started to enjoy already this feature just really encourages you to maybe connect more with your friends that are already playing the game maybe they're leveling up a new character and you can say you know what i can go join them and i can get some progression for my character too it actually benefits me to do that it benefits me to play together with my friends and you know what that's what it's all about I think with MMOs I know some people just prefer to approach it with a bit more of a lone wolf and you know what that's totally fine if playing solo is your thing I'm definitely not putting you down for that if you prefer to play things on your own but I know there's people out there who find the game enjoyable by being connected to people and for me the game has always been about community and that's why it's done so well that's why it's still here that's why it's not going away anytime soon so if you've been away from world of warcraft or maybe you've never tried it and you maybe you know somebody that plays world of warcraft now you can jump in there and you can party up together you can be on the same footing with them from the get-go you can enjoy a world of warcraft experience together it's trivia time so it's talking about World of Warcraft, and you might think he's gonna go for a World of Warcraft question. You know what, I'm not. I was talking about grouping together. I was talking about partying up with your friends, playing with your friends, and that led me to this question. Name the series of video games developed by Jackbox Games, formerly known as Jellyvision Games, which are styled as a game show where high culture and pop culture collide. The answer is, you don't know Jack. If you got that one right, you do know Jack. Give yourself an extra life. Here we are at the end of the show. How did you do on the trivia today? Let me know, as always, over on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at 3 Lives. I love to hear how you're doing on the trivia. Warms my heart to know that you're getting questions right. And even you're getting questions wrong because you know what? It's all about taking part, isn't it? That's what we tell the people who, who get questions wrong. If you're enjoying the show, if you've got a video game recommendation for me or just any sort of feel good video game story out there, why not email me 
at podcast at threeextralice.com. I love hearing from you listeners. I love getting stories that I can talk about on this show, which really portrays video games in a positive environment. And like always, you can find everything I've talked about on this show today over at freeextralice.com. Go check out the show notes. You'll find links to everything I've mentioned so you don't have to go searching. And with that, we have reached the end of the show, my friend. Thank you very much for listening, and I will see you all in level 27. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.